Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a great message from one of our guest speakers. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Oh, so good. Hey, would you stay standing with me just for one more minute when I read the Word of God? Is that okay? Because uh, as much as it's good to stand in the presence of God, it's also good to stand in the presence of His Word. And, uh, and so uh, let me just read this to you from 1 Samuel chapter 14. And uh, this is going to be our story for today. Uh, it says that one day Jonathan, son of Saul, uh, said to his armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the Philistine outpost on the other side. But he didn't tell his father. Saul, was staying on the out- Saul, his father, was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree in Migron. And with him were about 600 men, among whom was Ahijah, who was, the, who was wearing an ephod, a priestly garment. And he was son of Ichabod's brother, Ahitub, son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh. No one was aware that Jonathan had left. And on each side of the pass that Jonathan intended to cross to reach the Philistine outpost was a cliff. One was called Bozes, the other Sene. Uh, one cliff stood to the north towards Mishmash, the other to the south towards Geba. Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, Come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. Perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Right. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Right. Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead, I'm with you, heart and soul. Right. Jonathan said, Come on then. We'll cross over towards them and let them see us. If they say to us, wait there until we come to you, we'll stay where we are and not go up to them. But if they say, come up to us, we'll climb up because that will be our sign that the Lord has given them into our hands. So both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outpost. Look, said the Philistine said, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they were hiding in. The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor bearer, come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan said to his armor bearer, Climb up after me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet with his armor bearer right behind him. The Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer followed and killed behind him. And in that first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed some 20 men in an area of about half an acre. Then, Then panic struck the whole army. Those in the camp and the field and those in the outposts and raiding parties and the ground shook with a panic sent by God. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. We just thank you for this amazing house, this amazing church. And uh, God, we just pray, Lord, would you uh, come and speak to each and every one of us today. Lord, let there be more chains that are broken. Let there be uh, new days opened up to each and every one of us. Just, and I pray, Lord, right now that every word, Lord, would find uh, its home, find good, fertile soil in our hearts, that it would bring life and it would bring transformation. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Fantastic. Give someone a high five or a holy hug and uh, you can take your seats. Uh, Thanks, band. You've been awesome. I'll let you guys sit down too. Hey, it is so good to be with you and uh, uh, thanks so much for having me and and Gosha. Um, We met your pastors, Pastor Phil and Julie, a couple of years ago at Presence Conference uh, in in the sort of the pastor's lounge and and uh just immediately love them immediately love that 
could see the Spirit of God on them. And then it, last year, we got to just bump into them. And so this year, I just I sent a message to, um, I have to say, I kind of just sent a message to uh, the global office and said, hey, look, if there's anyone who can use us for a weekend, we'd love to just serve the church because uh, we, we're here for some meetings next week in Sydney. And so we just like, if we can, and they came back and said, oh, uh, Pastor Phil and Julie would like to have you in Tugara. And I was like, yes. And uh, the, the bizarre thing was, I thought, I thought if there's a church I would love to just go and hang out with, it was with these two in this place. And, uh, but I didn't, you know, I don't, I'm not going to invite myself. Do you mean, like, I didn't feel I could just say, hey, would you, can I come and preach for your church? And uh, so I just feel like it's a real, it's a real connection with God. I just think it's, it's, it's I'm, I'm excited to be here. I really believe God's got something for you. And you have got beautiful pastors, so I hope you love them lots. And uh, they've got an amazing family. So many, so many, uh, so many kids. <laughs> We've only got two. And, uh, but so, so, it's just lovely to see the whole family serving God and, and, uh, and some pretty decent guys as well getting connected into there. I do think uh, it must, I have to, like, it's Andrew, isn't it? And Garth, and is there another, is there another one? Evan, is he here? I don't know. He's at work. And uh, I, have to, I have to commend you guys for managing to get past, past this guy yeah. to actually marry one of the daughters. Uh, <laughs> so you really must be men of God. That's all I can say. Because, um, yeah, uh, it's pretty awesome. Hey, um, let me get into my message, otherwise I'll be here all day. Um, I, I do wear glasses, but I, I, don't, I don't think I've got very bad eyesight. I, um, I can sort of almost see people. If I did lose my glasses, I could probably make my way home, just about. And, uh, but, there's one, but one thing I have noticed with my eyesight is I do seem to have a problem with traffic lights. Um, I, like, like, I, I, don't think I, I'm, I don't think I see colors differently. You know, I mean, I mean, Gosha would argue with me that, that we have a very different understanding of what color is. Uh, I did make the mistake, and here's a top tip for all the husbands in the room. Uh, never choose the color for the living room yourself. You know, always make sure uh, that your wife uh, signs off on whatever color. You, so one day, I, for, I don't know why, but for some reason, one day I thought it would be a great idea to just, you know, surprise her and paint the living room, uh, which needed a repainting. And I just painted it white, you know, but it was like a... You know, you get shades of white, and uh, so I thought it was a, I thought it was the kind of shade of white that she would like, and I, I had painted the entire room when she came home, and she went, what have you done? And so I had to go out and buy another shade of white and repaint the entire room, which I did happily in order to serve her and love her greatly. But so for some reason, so anyway, that's, that's, there's probably three major arguments we have in life. Uh, it's, it's over, over color, things like that. Um, over which is the shortest distance between A and B. Does anyone else have an argument over that? Like, I just, I think that's just us. Uh, we had the biggest, the biggest arguments in our, in our, in our early years of marriage were over which was the shortest distance somewhere. And I could go into other stories on that one. Uh, and then the, the third reason that we have arguments is I do not know. Um, we just have for some reason, she's just upset at me. She, usually, she had a dream, and I did something in the dream. Is anyone, and I get it, in the morning. Does that have it happen to you? You know, it's like, it's like, I could see some nodding heads. You know, it's like, it's like I didn't do anything. Yes, you did. And, it's like, and then she explains, no, it wasn't me. I was dreaming it. You did it. Um, but uh, anyway, but that, anyway, I don't know why I was talking. Oh, yeah, the color, color thing. So for some reason, we sometimes see uh, colors differently, but I don't, I don't think I normally see colors differently. But I do do this really strange thing that I stop at green traffic lights. Like just every, is anyone, is, anyone, is, is it just me? I, I, did, I, I did share this with our church and everyone looked at me blankly as well and went, you're weird. Um, 
but apparently like every so often now, not, not all the time, not every, not every traffic light, but, but maybe now and again when I'm maybe just lost in thought, I will stop at a green traffic light and uh, much to the annoyance of the car behind me who's almost rammed into the back of me. Uh, and, and then I, and, you know, usually there's someone in the car shouting at me, it's green, it's green, and, and, and I kind of move off. But, but, I, but here's the thing I realize is that I think in the Christian walk with God, we do do the same kind of thing. The, 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 uh, there's a lot of, lot of Christians and a lot of people who are you know, just following God who have this kind of traffic-like color blindness because when, it seems that when God is saying go, we come to a stop. But when God is saying stop, we keep on going. Can anyone relate with me this morning? I mean, I, I love the story of Jonathan and Zamabar. It's just one of the classic stories of the uh, of the Old Testament, and, and, and it's one of those kind of, it's, it, I guess it's one of the, um, the, the original great stories of faith, you know, that when, when someone steps out in faith to do something and wins an incredible victory on behalf of God. I mean, it is, it is, just, it is just one of those uh, fantastic Old Testament stories that shows how great our God is, amen? And uh, I don't know if you need some victory this morning, but God's got some victory, yeah? Is, is that just me? Has anyone got some victory? Come on, who knows who got some victory this morning? I don't know if you walked in this morning, you know, kind of like wondering where is God or what's God going to do? But let, let me say God's right in the center of your situation right now, and he's wanting to bring you a victory. And if you can take anything away from this story this morning, it's that God is on your side. He is wanting to bring you a breakthrough. Anyway, but this particular part of the story... Um, is at a moment in history when the Israelites are up against the Philistine army. And they've gone down, they've taken, you know, Saul, the king of the times, gathered about 3,000 or so men and uh, to go down to fight the Philistines. But they discovered that the Philistines have got an army that's 10 times the size. And, and his 3,000 men, look at the, you know, the 30,000 plus men that are coming against them. And a whole bunch of them decide, I'm not having it. They're out of the place. Some of them go hiding in caves. Others uh, head back home. And, and Saul is left with 600 men uh, to face this 30,000 people. But on top of that, the Philistines have taken control of all the blacksmiths. So, so it, as it says at the end of the chapter, just before what we read, that, that at the end of the chapter it says, in the, all of Israel, there's only two people had a sword or a spear, and that was Saul and his son, Jonathan. So not only are they completely outnumbered, but they, they have no weapons. And so, and being farmers, they just grab farm tools and figure that's all we've got. And so this is, we've basically got farm tools facing down a fully armored uh, a fully armored uh, army, uh, but to add insult to injury, the Philistines, uh, well, the, the Israelites have to go down to the Philistines' blacksmiths and pay the Philistines' blacksmiths to get their, their, their terrible tools sharpened. So who knows it wasn't a good day in Israel? You know, it, wasn't, it was not a good day uh, for Israel, but then Jonathan, the son of Saul, decides to do something. And while his father is just hanging out under a pomegranate tree with the 600 guys who didn't disappear, Jonathan decides to do something about the Philistine issue because he believes in one thing. He believes that God can give him a victory. He believes that God can give him an incredible victory. And so he turns around to his armor bearer and he says to his armor bearer, come on, you know, you and me, let's take on this outpost. Let's go, let's, let's do something. Because perhaps God will act on our behalf. And I mean, after all, he saved people in worse situations than this and in better situations. And so they head down through the cliffs and find themselves at the, at the foot of 
this outpost looking up to where there's, I guess, well, what it seems to suggest later, there's 20 fully armed Philistines in a, in a fortified outpost looking down on them. And then, and then this is the best bit. You know, Jonathan turns to his armor bearer and he says, let's put God to the test. Let's put God to the test. If, if we show ourselves to these Philistines and they say, we'll come down to you, then we know that like this, this story is not going any further. We'll probably have to get out of this place. But if they say to us, come on up, uh, and, and let's, we'll, you know, come on up here and let's bring, bring the fight to us, then we know that God will have given them into our hands and, and we'll, we'll get up there and we'll win an amazing victory. And of course, that's exactly what happens. Uh, they, sh- they reveal themselves to the Philistines. The Philistines say, come on up, we'll teach you a lesson. And, and Jonathan and his armor bearer go up and God supernaturally gives them a victory over a heli- heavily fortified garrison and not more and more than that it says that the whole army the whole philistine army goes into disarray god sends a panic among them and and the israelites all win an incredible victory that day it's a great story it's just a brilliant story of faith against all odds and god giving people a victory because one man stepped out in faith but i don't know if you noticed a strange thing about the test that jonathan gives god because I was reading this and I was thinking, Do you know, I, I like watching movies. Anyone like watching movies? Yeah, I, I like watching movies. I, I, I've watched a few war films. I've never been in a war and I've never been in a battle. And, uh, but, but I do know, having watched a few decent war movies, there is, I, I know a little bit of, well, the little bit of battle strategy would be that you don't give up the high ground. I understand. Does anyone else agree with me? Like, you know, if you know anything, if you own the high ground, you own the advantage. And more than that, you wouldn't give up a fortified high ground. If you have a fortified high ground, you've probably got the advantage. You could, you could, you could, hold, hold, pa- you could hold back a, a, an, a force that outnumbered you greatly. And so it find, I find it really interesting that the, you know, the Philistines would have had to be incredibly stupid to consider going down into the valley to fight with Jonathan. You know, they, they would have had to have been mad. More importantly, I mean, they saw two. They wouldn't know if there was a, there could have been a whole army of Israelites down in the valley waiting to ambush them if they came down. And so, and so it would have been absolutely stupid for them to say anything other than, than to say, come on up here if you think you're hard enough and, and have a go. And, 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 so, and, and Jonathan was a general in God's army. You know, he was, he was a general in the Israelite army. And so he surely would have known that as well. And so, if you, and so this, is, this is the strange thing, because Jonathan's test isn't if they come down to us, which would be the more unexpected response. If they come down to us, then we'll know that God's given us the victory. Jonathan's, Jonathan's test to God is, hey God, if they respond to us, as I would expect them to, to invite us up to, to bring the fight to them, then we'll know that God is with us. Let me put that into everyday terms. It's like going to work tomorrow with a prayer in your heart that says, hey God, if the office is open, then I'll know that you've called me to be a person of influence in my workplace. You know, it, it's, like coming, it's like coming at the end of the service to Pastor Phil or Julie and saying, hey, it, it, if, if, and asking them, you know, we'd love to serve somewhere. I'd love to serve somewhere on the team. And coming with a prayer, hey, God, if they say yes, 
then I know that you've called me to be part of building God's house. I mean, think about it. It just seems ridiculous that Jonathan would put God to test in such a way that, that hey, look, if, if they give us the clearly most expected response, then we'll know that you handed them into our hands. Because here's the thing, and this is what I want you to catch this morning. Jonathan's not testing God to see if they should go up and fight. Jonathan's testing God to see if they should stop. Jonathan's testing God to say, hey, do you know what? I'm, I, I'm going to do this. I'm stepping out in faith. I'm, I'm, I know you can give me a victory. I'm, I, am, I am ready for the fight. I, there's nothing holding me back unless you tell me to. Unless you tell me to stop. And, and, and it's clear Jonathan's already made up. I mean, listen, look what he says to the armor He says, perhaps God will help us. Perhaps God will help us. When was the last time that you ever stepped out in faith on a perhaps. When was the last time you gave because of a perhaps? You know, when was the last time you got inspired by a vision? Hey, church, come on, we got a vision to see God break through in this region. We got a vision to see God establish a church in this region. To perhaps God will bless us. Perhaps God will move. Perhaps God will, you know, give us souls. Perhaps all these things. I mean, I don't know about you, but we, I don't know if this is, I don't know if Australians do perhaps, but I tell you what, in the UK, we don't do perhaps. Like, we do certainty. Is anyone with me on that? Like, we don't, we don't do uncertainty. That's why our political system right now is in a complete, not a mess. Because Brexit is happening. I don't know if you read the news, but, you know, this whole, like, leaving Europe and all that sort of stuff. Basically, none of the politicians know what's going on or what to do. It's like there's this, this massive, perhaps we'll leave. And, uh, and it just creates complete uncertainty. I don't think any politician in any nation ever gets elected because they have a, a slogan uh, in their election campaign that says, hey, I want to make Australia great again, perhaps. I mean, would you give up your job next tomorrow because you got a, a, an invitation from a, another workplace that just said, hey, perhaps we'll give you a job offer. Like, you know, we don't do things. I mean, can you imagine, can you, imagine you know, doing a wedding? And uh, I get to do a, a few weddings, you know, and the, you know the, the, the groom's there and the bride comes in and looking all amazing and people gather and stand all around and then, you know, the, the Minister does the vows, and he talks to the husband, and he talks to the wife, and he says, you know, do you take this man to be your lawful wedded husband, to have and to hold in sickness and in health until death do you part? And the response is, perhaps. <laughs> I- I'm pretty sure that ain't the kind of foundation upon which to build a great marriage or relationship, but that's the vision that Jonathan leads with. He says, perhaps God will. I'm so glad she's tickles. At least someone's finding me funny this morning. That's great. Perhaps God will. Uh, Jonathan says, perhaps God will help us. You know, and so he doesn't really test God when it comes to the response that he's looking for because he's not waiting for God to tell him to go. He's already going. And so when he says to his armor bearer, hey, come on, let's test God, he's, he's really saying, hey, look, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going, but let's just check to make sure I'm not stepping outside the will of God. Let's just check to make sure that God is in on this. But, but, but if, if, if he doesn't say anything, if, nothing, if, if everything goes to how I expect it to go, then I am on my way. Church, I want you to get this, and it's probably up on the screen already. I want you to get this into your hearts to, this morning. The permission is already granted. 
God's already given you permission. God's already given you permission to be an amazing church in this region. God's already given you permission to have breakthrough in your life. God's already given you permission to get a healing. God's already given you permission to receive uh, provision for your vision. Come on, God's already given you permission to go into your workplace or to go into your family uh, or to go into whatever part of the world you find yourself in and be an amazing light to the world. Come on, God's already given you permission to have a victory this morning. You don't need God's permission. Because faith, faith never restrains. Faith propels. Uh, God's not looking for a, a people to have faith that keeps us waiting. He wants us to have a faith that causes us to rise to whatever challenge flows, uh, uh, whatever challenge comes at us, that we have a faith that steps to it rather than waits around for God to, to say something or do something that would indicate that he's in it. God wants you to be a going people. He wants you to realize there's already permission. Just stay sensitive to his wisdom and restraint. Because I think too often in our relationship with God, we're looking for a green light to go, and yet more often than not, the light is already green. You know, that we're often looking for God to give us a a green light to step out in that area of faith in our world, and yet the light is already green. If anything, we just need to keep our eyes open for the red lights. You know, you don't, need a, you don't need to pray about whether you should give. If there's a prayer, it's just say, hey, God, just, just tell me when I'm, when I'm giving too much. That would be a great prayer, wouldn't it? You know, God, just, you know, you just, just hold me back when it's like, no, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. That's way, you've already gone way beyond what I need you to do. You know, you don't need to pray about whether you should serve. You know, you don't need to pray about whether you should invite someone to church. You don't need to pray about these things. God's already given you permission to be victorious in those places. If anything, we just need the wisdom and restraint when, it's, when we've gone too far or when we're, we're just stepping outside of God's plan for our life or when we need discernment over just the right timing, the right place. But the light is already green. Permission's already been granted. Because here's the thing I find crazy. It's actually the, the red lights are the ones that are easy to discern. You know, we spend so much time looking for a red light. The, the, the red lights are really easy. Let me, let me give you three ways of quickly, very three quick ways of, of discerning red lights. Number one, use your common sense. I'm going really deep this morning, I know. I know it's like a, it's a theological depth that you might have got, not gone to before. But, but number, like, if you want to discern a red light, use your common sense. God gave us the ability to make good decisions. You know, God, God gave us a common sense, you know, he gave us a common sense so we understand, you know, get, uh, to, you know, it's common sense to obey the laws of the land. Right. You know, it's common sense, if you got a speeding ticket the other day, uh, you stop praying about it, stop praying about God, not, you broke the law, so it's common sense, you're going to have to pay the price, you know, so like there's common sense, there's common sense that's working in our lives that helps us to stay in the right place. It's common sense to be nice to other people, to respect people. It's common sense not to do something that's going to harm you or your family. You know, it's, you, we need, God's given us common sense to make good decisions every single day. We just need to, the only thing we have to be aware of is sometimes faith doesn't always make sense until after you've made the step of faith. You know, another red light would be, that's easy, another easy way to discern a red light would be our conscience. That God gives you not just common sense, but he also gives you a conscience. I, I, we don't talk often in church about conscience, but you know, Paul writes to Timothy in his first letter, 1 Timothy 1, he says these words, I'm giving you a command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them you may fight the battle well. 
holding on to faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. If common sense is recognizing that you know that you know uh, something to be good or bad uh, decision, then conscience is what calls you to have a peace about that decision. It's, it's like the moral compass that God has given us to, to know his peace, to know that we're doing something that we should be doing or something that we shouldn't be doing. You know, and, and here's the thing, faith doesn't overrule a good conscience. You know, if anything, faith and conscience works together. In fact, what Paul says here is, is don't put your conscience aside because it'll shipwreck your faith. So we need common sense and we need a good conscience in order to be able to discern sometimes the red lights. But, but what informs your conscience and what will give you the wisdom uh, to make good common sense decisions is the third thing that helps you discern a red light, and that is understanding the Word of God. Use the Word. You know, that God's given us his, his word in order that we might understand what he's spoken about so much. And, and I don't like to say that the Bible's full of things that we shouldn't do. The, if anything, the Bible's more full of the green lights and more full of the, uh, the things that God wants to propel us into. But it is full of things that, we, that God wants to say to us. Hey, look, this, you know, in all the abundance I have for you, in all the blessing I have for you, in all the freedom I have for you, make sure there's these things. Keep these things sacred or, or keep these things right in your life because otherwise they will rob you of that freedom. But let's, let, I don't want to talk all about the red lights. I want to talk about the green lights. So let me give you three things this morning that you do not need God's permission to do. Are you ready for his word this morning? Here's the, here's the first thing. You don't need God's permission to get going when everyone else is sitting. You don't need God's permission to get going when everyone else is sitting. You know, uh, uh, there were 600 of these guys all sat under a pomegranate tree with Saul. And they were having a religious party. You know, they, they, they were, Saul had no idea how to defeat the Israelites, and so he called for a priest. Uh, the problem is he kind of messed up his relationship with the prophet Samuel. Uh, and and you, know, you, can read the, you can read the chapters before, you see that the prophet Samuel and, and Saul weren't on good terms. And so Saul didn't have a mouthpiece from God in order to get a clear word from God to understand the situation. And so he went looking for some guy and he ended up with just some, some, some brothers, cousins, uh, sisters, sons, priest who was down the road. This, this, this guy that, that he'd brought in to somehow kind of get a word from God. And yet Jonathan, Jonathan's there thinking, I don't need a word. I don't need a word from God. I've already got a word. I don't, need a, I don't need some priest to tell me that God can give us a victory because I've already seen it through history and God's already spoken through my father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob saying, I'm gonna give you this land. I don't need another word. There are too many Christians sitting in churches waiting for words from God to step out in faith and do what God's called them to when God has already spoken in his word. And so, and so Jonathan says, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going I'm to go out. There's so many stories of faith. There's so many stories of people stepping out and God giving a victory. I know that today, in this day, God can do the same for me. So he wasn't going to sit around. And you don't need God's permission to get going when everyone else is sitting. So you, don't, you, don't need, you don't need God's permission to get excited about church when maybe you, you feel like there's people around you who aren't getting quite as excited. 
Uh, can I say, if you're, if, if you're married today and your spouse is not quite, you know, on the same page as you when it comes to your faith, they might not even be in the room. Can I say, you don't need God, you don't need God's permission to get excited and get full of faith and start stepping out in faith. Uh, for, you know, you don't need to wait around for someone else to get excited about God. You, you do it. You step out. You begin to get going because God's, God's already put his word in your heart to do something incredible. You don't need, to, you don't, don't wait for someone else in your house group to start getting uh, fruitful amongst the people in their workplace uh, in order to get going. Don't wait for the rest of your friends that you sit with in church or to join a team before you sign up. You get going. Because here's the amazing thing about Jonathan, because when he got his breakthrough, when he defeated the outpost, God brought a breakthrough to the whole army and those 600 guys who were sat under a tree doing nothing, they joined in the fight. And then, and then it says later that the people came out of the houses, they came out of the caves. The whole of the Israelite army came out and got a victory that day. Defeated the Philistines. Because here's the thing, when you get going, you might just unlock something for someone else to get going. When you get your miracle, you might just unlock another miracle for someone else. You don't need God's permission to get going. Turn to the person next to you and say, get going. Turn to the other person next to you and say it a bit louder and say, come on, God, he's talking to you. And uh, prod them in the ribs. Here's the second thing you, you don't need God's permission for this morning. You don't need God's permission to put his reputation on the line. You don't need God's permission to put his reputation on the line. I love that Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on, nothing, nothing, no thing, no one. No situation, no circumstance, no problem is too big, no obstacle can stand in our way. Nothing can hinder us from seeing God do a miracle. Nothing can stop God from saving us today. So come on, climb up with me because God's given us, given these people into our hands. That is a bold statement of faith. That is a bold statement of faith about what God could do. Can I, can I encourage you, church? You don't need God's permission to put his reputation on the line. God's banking on it. God's, God's, God's waiting for it this morning. He's waiting for a church. He'll stand up in a town, he'll stand up in a region and say, do you know what, we, this is what we believe our God can do. Uh, we believe God can bring salvation. We believe God can bring healing. We believe God can bring miracles. You know, there's a great moment in, in Acts chapter three when Peter and John, uh, you know, they find the crippled man outside the, the temple begging and, you know, the, 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 the beggar, he looks at them, he says, you know, have you got any money? And I, I love that it doesn't say that Peter and John didn't look at the beggar and go, yeah, we ain't got any, sorry. You know, we'll just, we'll come back another day. They looked at this guy and said, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. In the name of Jesus. Bold statements of faith. Imagine what God can do with a church that speaks bold statements of faith. Because here's a bold promise from the Bible. Are you ready for it? Because it doesn't get bolder than this uh, when it comes to the promise of the Bible. This is Jesus talking. John chapter 14, verse 14. You may ask me for anything in my name. In the name of Jesus, and I will do it. Come on, church. You don't need God's permission to put his reputation on the line. You don't need God's permission to declare and lay claim to that which belongs to the children of God. You don't need God's permission to lay hold of your healing today. You don't need God's permission to take hold of your provision today. You are a son and a daughter of the King. You are co-heirs with Jesus. Uh, you, are, you, are, you, are, uh, you are the people of the inheritance. Come on, God's provision is for you this morning. Get excited because you can begin to say, hey God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay claim. I'm gonna believe that you can actually do what your word says that you can do. 
Can I hear an amen? amen. Come on, is there anyone who wants to put God's name on the line today? Because you know, God's, not, God's not bothered about his own reputation. Uh, or the only, so let me say this again. The only reputation God's interested in is the reputation of his body, the church. He wants his body to be for his glory. He wants you to be a place filled with miracles. He wants you to be a place filled with his power. He wants you to be a place filled with his presence so that the people of this town, the people of this region will be like, hey, I think God is moving at C3 Tuggera. I think God is doing something. I might like to go and check that place out. So let's go. Let's get Going. And then here's the third thing, and I guess the band can come up because I'm finishing in just a second. You don't need God's permission to take someone with you on the journey. You don't need God's permission to get going when everyone else is sitting. You don't need God's permission to put his reputation on the line. And you don't need God's permission to take someone with you on the journey. Because here's the thing, Jonathan could have gone by himself. That's actually what happens a couple of chapters later with uh, a little guy called David and, and this big guy called Goliath. You might know the Bible story. You know, and, and David finds himself going down into the field and defeating Goliath in a similar kind of manner, just believing that God's going to give him a victory. On that day, David did it by himself. But, but for, for some, so I know Jonathan didn't need to take his armor bearer with him to have a victory, but I love that he did. Because the only reason I can think that Jonathan took his armor bearer with him and from the words and the conversation that they have was, it was because Jonathan wanted his armor bearer who was probably just a teenage lad, just, just a, a young kid who, was, who had to follow him. It was, he took him because he wanted to show him how good God was. He wanted, he wanted him also to have this experience of how great his God is. And church, we, need to, we don't need God's permission to take people with us. We need to get good at taking people with us. I remember a few years ago, so we got two children. My son Joel's 15 now, and uh, Anya is 10. And uh, look at my wife. Give me help. Help me. She'll be nearly. She's nearly 11. And and uh, both seem to be growing up in the life of church and loving it. Joel's a drummer, so uh, he's been playing in church now. It's just awesome. I love it. But um, I guess there's been three or four years ago. Um, we, we were in a, just in a season in the life of the church where finances were really tight for us. Well, they're always tight for church. But especially in this season, you know, it, it felt like, you know, we were coming up to a major offering. We take, every year we take a dream offering for our vision and buildings. And, and this particular offering was weighing heavily on me because we, I know we needed some miracles and we needed, you know, some extraordinary giving. And the and, and thing is, as a pastor, I, I never go into those things thinking, um, you know, I really hope the people give well, you know, because my heart is, I'm thinking I, I need to be able to lead this. And so I don't want to just be able to bring a, a, a token offering, God. I, I wanted to be able to, to bring a share that, that says, hey, look, I'm leading this. I want to stretch myself. And, and, but, we, but we would, I also had a season in life where we, we had nothing. We didn't have any savings at that point. And I, hope, I don't think we've got any savings now. But um, we, were, we were in those, you know, we were in those places where, where it just felt really, really tight and thinking, how on earth are we going to do this, God? And then this phone call came into the office and, and uh, it, was a, it was an advertising agency. And they said, hey, we're looking for families in, uh, uh, and they just ran the church because they figured the church got lots of families. And so uh, we're looking for families to be part of a national brand advertising campaign that, that um, 
Uh, It'll be a video shoot, uh, a film shoot. It'll be some photos and things. And we're looking for families who've got two children uh, between the ages of five and 15 and and uh, which, which matched our kids. And, and they're gonna, he says, we're going to pay, any family who get chosen will pay 5,000 pounds. And I'm like, what? So, I'm like, so, so jokingly, I said to someone, that is our dream offering right there. You know, like I think there's about two families in the whole of our church who actually matched the, the, the sort of figures. And, and uh, so I just, we jokingly, we thought, well, let's send off a, an application. We sent off our application on the internet, sent a little picture of our family. And then we got a call and says, we'd like to come and do a screen test. And that's kind of cool. I'm sure they do that with lots of people. And they came around to our house and we sat around the kitchen table and they filmed us and, and uh, asked us some questions on camera. And then, then off they went. And, and that was that. And by this point, we're like, this would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? This would be really cool. Like, and like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, so our prayer was like, God, this is like serious because because that's a lot, that's, that's like 5,000 pounds for our offering. That's, that's more than we'd have ever given. And, and, and I kind of believe that if, you know, if God can get it through you, he can get it to you. And, you know, and, and so we just started praying that way. Anyway, we got a phone call about maybe a week or so later. Hey, you've been shortlisted. I'm like, this is getting serious now. So now, now we really are praying. You know, this is no longer a joke now. This is like, we're now putting our, you know, putting out this, our, our hope in this. And this is, this is God's answer to a prayer and so they said we need you to start doing some paperwork and start gathering some things just so you can be ready because if we get the go then then we'll be off and so we're, so we're just praying about it and then those couple of weeks go by and we're out with the kids for just a just a day with the kids we're just out nowhere somewhere and towards the end of the day I got a phone call from this advertising agency and the lady said I'm really sorry but you haven't been picked and, and I remember talking to Gosh afterwards and I think we both just got in our spirits this is not right this is, like we're part of us thinking, God, this doesn't make sense. Like you set this up, we didn't even we didn't even look for this. You brought this, and 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 you know that every single penny, as soon as it hits our bank account, it's going to go into it's going to go to the church dream offering. So there's, we we gain nothing out of this, but you your church gains everything. So that was just in our spirits, and then we thought, you know, we're just going to pray. But I love that we did one thing, and this is why I'm sharing the story. We did one thing that I just look back and I think, I'm so glad I did that, is that we didn't just, me and Gosha, just get into our you know, prayer room and just start praying. We said, to the, we told the kids, this is what's happened. But we're believing that God will turn this around. And so we, we spent the whole way back from wherever we were out the day in the car, just praying with the kids. And we got them praying and we got them. And I realized, part of me in my mind, I'm thinking, God, if you do not answer this prayer now, my children are going to grow up knowing that you don't always answer prayer. So that's not one you. I put his reputation on the line. But I was also taking my son and my daughter with me. Do you know, 24 hours later, I got a phone call. I was just at work, and the advertising agency rang up and says, hey, uh, I know you didn't get shortlisted, but the producer's been looking at the footage and decided that they want one more family. We wondered if you'd be interested. I went, yeah, of course I would. You know, the amazing thing is uh, they didn't even want all the photo stuff. They just wanted to do a quick filming. And they said, but we're still going to give you the 5,000 pounds. We won't, we won't cut it down. We're going to do less with you guys, but we're going to pay you just as much as everybody else, which was excellent for us because we live very busy lives. And you know, on the, the money arrived in our bank account on the Thursday, and it went in the dream offering of the kingdom builders on the Saturday. And I just love that my kids have that story. See, that could be my story. That could be a story that I get to tell all the time. But it's not just my story now. It's my son's story. And it's my daughter's story. Because you don't need God's permission to take someone with you on the journey. 
God doesn't want to just give you breakthrough, but He wants to give you your family a breakthrough. He doesn't want to just give you a breakthrough, but He wants to give you your friends a breakthrough. He doesn't want to just give you a breakthrough, but He wants to He wants to give your whole workplace a breakthrough. He wants to do something in this church that you'll do together. And when someone else gets their miracle, it's a journey that we're all going on. When someone gets their breakthrough, it's a journey that we're all going on. You don't need God's permission to take someone with you on the journey. So let's not do what God's called us to do by ourselves. Let's not do what God's called us to do on our own because there's a reason that He puts us in community. It's a reason He puts us in His church so we can cheer each other on, so we can stir each other to greater things, so that we can share in the joys, we can mourn with those in mourning, but we can celebrate also with those who are celebrating that we can do this thing as one house, one church, one people, lifting up, giving glory to the kingdom of God. Church, you don't need God's permission to step out in faith this morning. Permission's already granted. It's already granted. He's already waiting with expectation to do what you believe that He can do. When we stand to our feet this morning, come on, stand up. Thank you, Jesus. Would you lift your hands with me? Lift your hands to heaven. Father God, we want to thank you for your word this morning. We know, Lord, that you are doing a good work right now in people's hearts. And I just pray, Lord, that where there's been a waiting, where there's been a holding back, where there's been a a tentativeness or hesitancy to, to step out in faith, Lord, that that would be turned about, that, Lord, there would be a boldness in us. There'd be a fresh boldness of your spirit that would cause us to take that step, to go, to begin to go, Lord, that you would bring wisdom and restraint, Lord, when you need to, but, Lord, that this church would be known as a church that goes. These families would be known as families that go. That, Lord, there wouldn't be a holding back in any way, but, Lord, we would see that the fields are white for harvest, that we'd see, Lord, that, Lord, that you've already been working on a heart, you've already been working on a spouse, you've already been going before us, Lord, and preparing the ground that there's victory. There's victory. There's freedom and there's change that's just waiting for a church that goes. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray for a fresh boldness. A fresh boldness. A fresh boldness. Come on, if that's you this morning, and if you know that you've been holding back, you've been waiting to step out into something. Maybe God's has been stirring something in your heart these last few weeks. Even, or maybe it's, it's something that's been in your heart for months, years, but you've been waiting for God to give you a word that you realize today He's already said so many times. If, if it was anything, it was just confidence that's held you back. If it was anything, it was just fear that's held you back or an insecurity that's held you back. But this morning you just sense the Holy Spirit saying, come on, come on, come on, come on, step in this heart and soul. God will act on your behalf. Ask anything in the name of Jesus. And I will do it. If that's you this morning, I want you to lift your hands high because I want to pray for you. I want to pray for a fresh boldness to flow through this place. Come on, there's hands going up all across the room right now. Lift your hands high to heaven. We lift them in surrender. We lift them in surrender. Holy Spirit, Lord, you see so many hands, Lord, people saying, God, give us faith. 
Lord, let's let the gift of faith rise up in this place. Let the gift of faith be stirred up in this place, Lord. Let the spirit of Jonathan, Lord, come upon us, Lord. It would cause us to step out from the, those who are sitting, step away, Lord. We wouldn't ask permission, wouldn't wouldn't seek a, approval, Lord, but we just go for you, that we go, that we would be tenacious, that we'd be audacious, Lord, that we would be uh, people on a mission for you, Lord, that, 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 you, that nothing would step in the road, Lord, of us doing what you have called us to do. Lord, let your boldness rise up in this place. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I'm just going to give just a moment. I want you just to lift up a prayer and say, God, I choose to go today. I'm going to go. Maybe there's a person on your your heart. I just want you to pray for them just now and say, God, would you give me an opportunity this week? Jesus' name. Jesus' name. There's some whole, this whole workplace is just waiting to be unlocked. Name. This, this lady just sat behind Garth. I don't know your name. What's your name? Rachel, I just see God's going to unlock a whole workplace. I just see, I just see you surrounded by people every week. And, it's, and there's a joy in your life. I can, you can see it from the very beginning when you're worshiping. It's like God's got freedom on your life. And it's a freedom that you've won. You know, it's, it's like a freedom that's like it's not been an easy victory. But God's given you victory over something quite, you know, huge in your life. And and it's like there's this joy in your life now. It's just, and it's overwhelming. And God wants, God, there's, a, there's a bursting out. God wants to give you a bursting out. And it's like, don't, don't be afraid to share your story. And, you know, don't hide from it. We live in a world that just wants to tell its own stories. And, it, and, they're, and they're terrible stories. And yet, people, the people of God have got the greatest stories that could ever be told. And God says, I want you to start telling your story. Because God's going to give you fruit. And it's going to be salvation. And I see some, I, I see some girlfriends who are gonna, you know, people that you just, they, just, you, they, they kind of have this kind of like tolerance of you, and and uh, it's gonna be like, it's gonna shift, it's gonna change, because this freedom that's in you is gonna burst out, and it's gonna start to just break out all over your workplace. Father God, bless the Lord right now, fill it with your Spirit, uh, anoint the Lord for this just gift of faith and evangelism, Lord. And uh, let it be incredibly fruitful in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, if you if you if you're if you're if you're in a workplace right now, I know this is probably a lot of people, but you know, if you know you work closely with a group of people who don't know Jesus, I just felt the Holy Spirit just saying, "Look, I want to give this church a a, 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 a this." I use the word revival lightly. You know, because I think we, because we have, because we, because because we have weird connotations sometimes of revival, don't we? It's like like God's just gonna like do all the work for us. But I just felt like God's gonna give you a a gift of being able to speak, and and there's gonna be relationships that are gonna bear incredible fruit, and it will feel, and that that, that revival spirit is gonna break out in your workplace. If that's you, and you and you want to be in the middle of that, and I want to say this, I. This is not about putting your hand up saying, yeah, God, I'd like you to do that to my workplace. That's you saying, hey, God, I'm willing to go. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start to pray for some people. 
And I'm not going to shy away when someone turns around and says, hey, how was your Sunday? How was your weekend? I'm not going to be quiet and go, yeah, it's all right. I'm going to say, I had a fantastic day in church. There was this British guy. I couldn't understand half of what he said, but it was the atmosphere was awesome. And you know, that we just, that we just begin to glow with God's kingdom on our life. If that's you and you want, you're saying, hey, like I want to put myself in the middle of that and I want to believe and I want to go just have the spirit of Jonathan to win some victory over people's lives. And we're not, we're not going to be killing people. We're going to see some people come back to life. You know, the, the victory we're looking for is we're going to kill the work of the devil in people and see them raised back into life. So if that's you, come on, why don't you lift your hands all across this place. I want to pray for you. Can I pray for boldness? Father God, Father God, Father God, I love it. There's a church here, Lord, that's ready to go. There's a church here, Lord, that's ready to explode with fruit, Lord. There's a church here ready to go with the Spirit of Jonathan. Lord, I pray, Lord, with your with boldness, come on every person right now, Lord, who is choosing to stand in the gap, Lord, with the boldness of your Spirit, Lord. Come on, and Lord, give us that gift, Lord, to, to speak, to share. Holy Spirit, go with us. Give us the words to say. Give us the opportunities. And Lord, and even if, Lord, it doesn't feel like the doors open, Lord, help us to open and push those doors and begin to speak the, your glory. Speak of your grace. Speak of your love, Lord. Let, let the name of Jesus be on our lips and it be celebrated in our, life, in our lives. And Lord, there are some workplaces that are, that are felt so close to the gospel that are going to open right now in the name of Jesus. The Lord, because the church stands in the gap, Lord, they're going to open in the name of Jesus right now. And the light and the salt that is the people of God is going to bring light into those dark places in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And it's going to be messy. And there's some workplaces that are filled with people who are opposed to you, Lord. But I just see them being moved out. In fact, there's someone here today, just there's someone here today, you've got a boss who is vehemently opposed to you. Like they shut you down and they speak such, they, they actually are, um, uh, it's not hidden, it's, it's public. They're a opposition to your faith. God's gonna completely change that situation. Who's that person? If that's you, would you lift your hands? I wanna pray for you right now. If that's you today, if you've got a, there's a, just someone in your workplace, a boss or someone in a, I just know I want to pray for you. Don't, don't come up to me afterwards because this is the moment, all right? So if that's you, all right, I want you to, I want to pray with you. So, so if that's you, just give me a wave right now. Thank you. Let me pray for you. Father God, I just pray, Lord, for this situation. And I just sense you're going to, I do see God just moving that person out. Sometimes, you know, we, we, we never want to pray people out, all right? Because because we want to believe that God brings change to people's lives, but I actually see in this situation, God's going to bring that person out. And, uh, and, it's, and it's been hurtful, and God's going to give you healing right now, and it's been, it's, been, it's been a really difficult season. But God has seen your faith, He's seen your faithfulness, and He's going to, you will win that day. You're going to win that day. And uh, God's going to bring a just change. You know, just stand in faith. Stand firm. God's going to bring that change. And it's coming soon. That's why he's mentioned this now. You know, it's coming really soon in Jesus' name. So we just pray, Lord, for your fire. We pray, for Lord, for your for fresh hope. Lord, we pray for just fresh confidence. Can, can you just, can you, would you mind, can you come out? Would you be all right? What's, come on, just come out because I want to pray for you because I really feel... 
squeeze on through. What's your name? Charlie. Charlie, I just, I feel, I feel like these words have, have, they have ripped some stuff out of your soul. And God wants to give you healing this morning. You know, it's, it's like, you know, yeah, come on, stand with me. Like, I, we just stand as the body of Christ and declare, you are a daughter of the King. God has, uh, God loves you deeply. And, and I just sense, God wants to give you some healing, just there's some stuff that's just been spoken. It's not right and it's not true. And you've feared for your job at times and God says you don't have to fear for your job. I want to bless you financially. I'm going to bless you provisionally. This, this, this person, God's going to remove out of the situation. It's actually going to cause promotion for you. It's going to create new doors of opportunity for you. And I, I see, I just, I feel like God's going to, God's going to vindicate you. And, I, and, I, and it's not every day that kind of thing happens, but God needs you to know that he sees your faithfulness and he loves you deeply. But those wounds will be healed in the name of Jesus. Lift your hands to heaven. Let me pray for you. Father God, pray for, pray for her right now. Lord, let your healing touch come upon her right now. Let the healing touch, Lord. Every, every word that was sharp and cut deep, Lord, let the wound be healed in the name of Jesus. Let there be no more. There won't be any scars. There won't be even a, a trace of the words. Complete healing in the name of Jesus. Complete healing in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we just put a protection of your Holy Spirit around her right now, Lord. The slings and the arrows of, of, the, of the enemy, Lord, will have no impact and no effect. But make her a light to shine for you, Lord. Light of the world, bringing hope to so many lives in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, come on, let's give God some praise in this place, hey? Come on, why don't we lift him up? We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3telgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Let's